Hey everybody, welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all kinds of music. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. The most chill radio station you could think of to do that voice. KEXP, is that a real one? Yeah, yeah in Seattle. Seattle. They, oh, it's like super nice. They put out great videos all the time, but it's it, like one of the chief radio hosts is this little old lady. She's just like, Yeah, I mean, everything's really nice. Like, I'm so glad you're here. I think, I think I might like that channel more if she did, if she did like the typical yeah. radio. Hello, welcome to Radio Power Hour. Man, My here favorite, we go. The radio stations, the two radio stations in Parks and Rec are yeah. some of my favorite like epitomes of just the one is it's Iran the douche yeah. and the other one is like the is Dan Castellaneta who does the voice for Homer yes. Simpson and I love him and he he's the doing the NPR yeah, kind of yeah. thing yeah oh today we're gonna be listening to and like <laughs> it's it just epitomizes those two opposites so well yeah uh, man well hello yeah, yeah. do we play the theme song yet we should probably do the theme yeah, song we, 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 theme song we, we, now no nah, man we already did it Oh, speaking of theme song, I had an idea. Everybody an can idea. hear my idea as well. Um, the three of us play instruments. We do. We and we should do just a little video sometime of the three of us playing the theme song, oh. where like you're playing lead guitar, I'm playing drums, and you're playing the bass or something okay. for it. The bass. Something like that. It'll yeah, be fun. We or we that. switch it up, and we're all playing the drums. <laughs> we can just like say, yeah, we're all playing the drums. <laughs> this we're, really doesn't sound like we're that just theme song swapping around during the whole video. But we'll most play of different it, kinds of drums. Like real. I'll play the timpani. <laughs> and then you get like a marching bass drum and uh, you just play the drum set. Yeah, I don't know yeah. where we're going to find those, but hey, I don't know. Power to it, you know? Man Alive. Uh, Man yeah. Alive. The Word <laughs> That's Alive? That's an album. Is hmm? Man Alive. That's not the one I've been listening to this week. Cool. Let me go ahead and jump into that. <laughs> this week, I've been listening to You Are My Sunshine by Coupling. It's it's real fun. It's a great album. The whole band is really good at all the stuff they do. Aaron Marsh is phenomenal. He's the singer and and songwriter for all that stuff. Uh, yeah, and so that album is it's fairly eclectic in in some ways, but oh, it's kind of like said it. I did. Oh, and it's <laughs> joyous as well. <laughs> and <laughs> so roll credits. <laughs> yeah, that was short, all, folks. Uh, yeah, it was short, off, but man. it's kind of late already. So. <laughs> So we could be done. No, but uh, it's yeah, it's great. So they're like an indie rock band, essentially, without, I guess, a better way of describing them. Man. But they do a lot of good. Um, they have a lot of instrumentation that's really neat where they'll throw in, yeah, like horns and strings, but not in a like, orchestra or big band kind of way. It's more just to complement the music that's already there. Uh, and the, the songwriting is just fantastic overall. So if you're looking for something more standard by them, I might start with the album In Motion, which is uh, their second album is you know, pretty, uh, straight into the point, but they, starting with eat, sleep, repeat, especially, they kind of added a lot of that more differing instruments and all that. Uh, but yeah, just the one I happened to be listening to was you are my sunshine and I like it a lot. Thanks. 
Yeah, uh, I've been checking out Takuya Kuroda this week. He's a uh, trumpeteer, a jazz trumpeteer. Uh, more, uh, I guess, vague than that. I've been just getting into a lot of like Japanese jazz. Um, as I was kind of saying before, the Japanese have a way of doing things that we do over here just a lot better. <laughs> uh, back when I was in college, I got really into Japanese surf rock, and it was one of those things that, like, when when I think of surf rock, I really like surf rock as a genre, but it it, it does tend to get kind of stagnant and stale and uh, like very repetitive. Well, when I first discovered like that other countries were kind of doing a lot of the same genre music, but making it sound totally different somehow, uh, I got really into that. And and Japanese surf rock was kind of a big inspiration for me. Um, and yeah, I, I I go back every now and then and kind of just do like a refresher on different cultures and like how how is their like whatever scene holding up you know um like are they still putting out some good stuff and it's so much easier now to do like deep dives into that stuff you know with everything accessible to you um i really like doing that so yeah uh japanese jazz is a is i guess kind of a a big genre and uh takuya kuroda is a really good trumpeteer uh what he does with his music is kind of underlines these very like jazzy horn instruments with hip hop kind of beats. Uh, I mean, it's all real, it's all acoustic instruments, you know, like real drums and, and bass and stuff like that. But uh, it's got a very like groovy, grounded sort of um, backbeat to it. In fact, the other week when we were talking about groove, I was going to bring forward one of his songs. Nice. But uh, yeah, I, I've been doing a deep dive into some of that music and it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you like good study music good focus music um it's all instrumental well at least for the most part uh there's a couple guest speaker guest speakers guest vocalists on some of the tracks but (laughs) today on the song we're gonna have a guest speaker hello welcome to the class everybody (laughs) this is how i would play trumpet if i could it would go (laughs) that was actually the single off this record (laughs) I've been listening to it a lot lately. It was not very well received. Uh, they don't do everything better. Yeah. No, they do. Uh, yeah, anything that we're doing over here in America, they're doing it better somewhere else in the world. Uh, anyways, Chad, what you be listening to? Um, so, Death Cab had a new uh, single come out this week. I said a single. I said boy. I said boy. It's now I'm just thinking Michael... Oh, uh, Fat Mike from The Office. Oh, I'll say, I'll say, I'll sit on you. Prison Mike? No, no, no it was oh, Fat Mike. Yeah, Fat yeah. Mike was the, the sit on you yep. with the, the big... Anyway, but there is also Prison Mike. Prison Mike is also a thing, which is great. So anyway, uh, they had a song come out called Gold. It's neat. It's kind of a little bit more like electronic-y. It's got some more like sampled kind of stuff. Um, they've been moving that direction a little bit just over time anyways um, with uh, Chris Walla kind of stepping out of the project mm-hmm. for the most part. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's uh, I always have a hard time with like Death Cab songs, just, you know, Transatlanticism being my favorite album possibly of all time. Like when they come out with a new song, I have to remind myself it's not going to be as good as that <laughs> thing you love mm-hmm. with all of your heart. Like, yeah. 
Um, you know, because there is so much more like nostalgia and just fond memories with that album, not just the music of it that it is. I mean, I love the music of Transatlanticism. Yeah. I think it's a, a, a very influential album to me and, and to a lot of people. But um, I, yeah, it's it's just I usually have to take a, a few listens to a, a new Death Cab song before I really like start to get into it and yep, appreciate totally it as much as some of the other stuff. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. cool. I'm excited. They've got a new album coming out before too long. When does it come out? Do you know? I don't know a specific date, but they've been kind of teasing that they were recording it for the last little bit, and they mm-hmm. just started dropping as singles. Noise. So, yeah, I'm pretty that's excited. Awesome. It's a good song. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's about what we've been listening to, I think, this week. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the topic for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, so today we are going to be talking about something very neat. It's going to be the neatest thing you've ever... Okay, uh, it's super <laughs> neat. It's going to be the neatest. It's interest, like interesting instruments. Oh, interesting. I messed it up. Um, like odd instrument choices within, you know, other bands or whatever. So that could, I mean... Could be anything, you know, in a rock song, they're using a clarinet or whatever, you know. Um, I mean, we'll get into specific examples, but, you know, I feel like we're the, you know, two maybe options of that would be maybe a band where there are certain genre and then they pick some instrument that doesn't really fit in and it does stand out like, wow, listen to that thing. Or maybe that it actually, you know, they fit it in pretty well where it just feels like part of the band and very Mm -hmm. natural or whatever. But we'll get into specific or, examples. Or even sometimes that like can float between not just being from a band perspective, but also just like a per song basis. Sometimes there's just a song that like you get to a part in this new interesting instrument that's not yeah. really in any other song that they have, but it's yeah. like, oh, that fits really well there, and it really kind of rounds out this song. Mm-hmm. And so to not have it would be weird. Yeah, even yeah. like, I mean, piano in rock of any sort wouldn't be particularly weird, but mm-hmm. theoretically if there's a band that has just guitars drums and bass the whole album and then they have a piano section randomly in a song like that would stand out even though it's not odd for that it's odd for that album perhaps but not Mm -hmm. for the genre as a Mm -hmm. whole but yeah i also think it's it's kind of funny sometimes Uh, i picture just a band in the studio that has something lying around and they're like (laughs) yeah does anybody know how to play that sure let's do that it in there somehow yep i mean why not there's there's that was when I, um, so I recorded an album back in 2012 and the goal for that album was to put, to play every instrument that I played on that Uh one album. So, I mean, it was the normal, you know, drums, bass, piano and stuff, but also I, my first instrument was flute, which if you listen to the first episodes, you knew that. Um, so there's flute on a song and there's saxophone on a song and they're just kind of like thrown in there. Um, and I feel like they fit those specific songs pretty well if they were on any of the other ones they probably wouldn't have but (laughs) i mean that was exactly that logic was like i just want to play everything on here (laughs) even if i don't play particularly well there's a harmonica part on one of the songs it's like all righty that's the thing solid effort (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i definitely wrote a song like early college that i played a little bit of flute in for that exact same reason it's like well i can do this and like (laughs) i never do Mm -hmm. so anyway Mm -hmm. spent so much time wondering whether or not you should or you could you never stop to ask yourself whether or not you should do that yeah yes. other inspiring quotes from probably a movie of some jurassic sort. park definitely that's uh, cool uh shoot jeff goldblum yeah i oh completely unrelated i was listening to a podcast this morning and there was a guy i was like man his voice sounds like somebody that i 
am aware of. <laughs> and I realized it was Jeff Goldblum. And I just want him to quote something by Jeff Goldblum now. <laughs> like, yeah. And I know it's never going to happen, but it made me really happy. He just, I, I feel like he's one of those actors that like every time he gets cast in a movie, they're like, okay, we want you to play this person, but really just kind of be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. just be you. And he just kind of gets out there and like Jeff Goldblum's around for a couple right, minutes. And, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he you're not casting him for him to be <laughs> yeah. somebody who he's not already. No, you know, yeah. you want yeah. him to play Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I want to see him star in a movie opposite Daniel day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> the most like character actor ever. Yeah. And either him just or like the a, biggest character of a guy, Steve Carell and Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what is happening? Oh man, that would be really funny. Anyways, uh, yeah. I was hoping that I could start off with a story. You do. That I was hoping thing. you would. Thanks. <laughs> were you? I don't were know. You, were we you were hoping premonition that? that we were having? The okay, so <laughs> so uh, first of all, I have to thank my friend Spencer in Virginia um, because without him, I wouldn't have uh, known this story or had it. Uh, this was one of the hardest times in my life that I've ever laughed. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know anything about the Craigslist community uh craigslist is great it it's great for many many things just like a lot of the internet it's great for many many things but there are some black holes in (laughs) in craigslist that uh sometimes i felt like i i would never come out of because they get so bizarre uh particularly in the uh, if you guys ever want to have a fun night Go to Missed Connections oh, yeah, no, in Craigslist. That simultaneously will make you feel sad and terrible, <laughs> but also kind of a little bit better about yourself. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I, I thought this would be a perfect time to share this story. Um, again, this is this is not my story. I sadly did not discover this, but uh, <laughs> because we're talking about you know unusual instruments and, and songs, I wanted to share this. I used to frequent the musician corner of the Craigslist ads, and it's a very toxic environment for the most part. Most people don't know how to write. They don't. They probably don't know how to read. They don't know how to spell. <laughs> and a lot of them are smell? just like. They don't. Oh, I thought you said smell. Oh, they they probably don't like, know how to smell. How do you not right. know how to uh, they can't smell? read. They can't smell. They try. <laughs> they don't have any senses. They can't see. They can't feel. Um, they happen to be rocks. <laughs> they're rocks. I mean, what can I say? Um, I actually just go out and look at rocks all day. So, and I just call it Greg's List. <laughs> Anyways. So I I used to browse those a lot, but uh, I I met this guy Spencer through Craigslist, and it turns out we worked in the same building, which was bizarre. But um, mm. so so he had a lot of experience on Craigslist too, and he used to save some of the wackier posts that he saw. Well, one time he stumbled across an ad so strange and just so out there that I had to screenshot it and share it with everybody that I knew. So this was a guy i guess uh looking for a band to play with and he played the kazoo oh in fact the the ad says kazoo play r how wait Uh, how's kazoo how's kazoo spelled in this case (laughs) k-a-z-o-o okay yeah kazoo the kazoo yeah play r uh p-l-a-y-a-r oh uh, good in the outer banks which okay. is in North Carolina. Yep, sure is. Nowhere close to Virginia. <laughs> Not really. But he was looking for people to play with in Virginia. Uh, and he writes this. He says, I'm a kazoo payar ready to start back kicking out the jams and reeling, as in a fish, in some cash I can... Sorry. Reeling in some cash I can be playing right after I moved to, comma, 
hate Ashbury in 1967. <laughs> I can play anything. Period. <laughs> there was there were no periods before that. Uh, oh no! But not play rap because it trips me out. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> period. I have my on. Ka- kazoo. <laughs> I have my on kazoo again. He he wrote that twice. Yeah. I have my on kazoo and practice every day since 1967. In I can play solos or not. When I get my van fixed, I don't mind driving. Those are the two the options. <laughs> yeah. Are either you're playing a solo or you're not. And also, you can only play when you get your van fixed. Like I can, <laughs> I can play a solo. That's my favorite part. I can of play the not thing. a solo, but my van has to be fixed to play not yeah. solos. So if my so, van's broken down. In case that confused you for a little bit, I'll read it again. I have my on kazoo and practice every day since 1967. Mm. In I can play solos or not. When I get my van fixed, I don't mind driving. To T-O-O, the jams, if they not far, too far, T-O, I can thumb a ride (laughs) till I can get there. Unless somebody can give me a ride till I get my van fixed. Unless close by, let's get this going and rock on. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard somebody refer to hitchhiking as thumbing my way over there. He's just gonna pull like oh a, a a Hulk and just like wait for the latest ride. <laughs> sad music, my sad kazoo music. Goodness, um, I kazoo. <laughs> like, first and foremost, that's. I mean, not to disparage the kazoo at all. There's but definitely a little bit to disparage I mean, the kazoo community. He's been jamming out on the kazoo since 1967. I'm pretty sure there's an ABBA song that strongly features the kazoo. If I remember right, I could be entirely wrong. But uh, I guess that's where he got his influence from in the 60s and just... He heard that one song and was like, it can be done. <laughs> I can be a star. I can have my own kazoo. As soon as I get my van fixed. Yeah. As soon as I get my van fixed. But practicing, I mean, <laughs> I more can't props do solos to him. Until I, have I don't fixed. know... I don't know how much better you're getting. Skill he's like developing that's helping him to play honestly, the kazoo. I mean, because you don't have to play a kazoo. You just, just be a hum. Good, yeah, you, you just, just be make a good noise into the kazoo, and it does the thing. Are you disrespecting the art of the kazoo? I am oh, a little kazoo. bit. It is labeled as the the instrument anyone can play. <laughs> the kazoo anyone can play is what I almost said. Yeah, if you there buy an instrument at Walmart, there should be plus <laughs> Craigslist ads for kazoo players. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I could pick anybody up off the road and be like, "Put this in your mouth and hum this tune." Yeah. Hey, yep. Hendrix played a makeshift kazoo out of a comb and a piece of tissue paper yeah, on crosstown mm-hmm. traffic. Yep. Yeah. I uh, there's a Simpsons episode where Ned Flanders does the same thing mm. to entice uh, Bart and Lisa with hover bikes that aren't really hovering. He's just pretending by going mm-hmm. with the you fake know, kazoo. You know, you do a really good fake kazoo. That's a really. I'm good. not gonna lie. It also is very good at sounding like a mosquito. Yeah, that's in true. The, And I wonder how that's going to translate on the microphone. Wow. <laughs> Somebody's going to be like, whoa, there's a mosquito. What you, you don't hear is this like specific that. frequency that's freaking out a dog somewhere. Just pan that one little bit to oh, freak man. everybody out. I'm not going to lie. I might do that. I Yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, timestamp might get messed up. Though. Yep, probably so. But uh, man, I, I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite Craigslist ads ever. 
but yeah, it's totally worth it. Go surfing on Craigslist. You're going to find some some cool stuff. I really hope that was written in all caps also. No, it was all lowercase. There oh, wasn't wow, one man. piece of capitalization. Now I just want to put a kazoo in a rap song because you really it'll trip him out. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll trip him out for sure. Yeah. Well, I want, if I want him to be in my band, I don't want to trip him out. So yeah, yeah. maybe just, maybe the goal is to get him in your band and then show him how fun tripping can be. Ooh, that's true. Road tripping. Road tripping. Like that's last week. Definitely what I, I just wanted to play some solos. So yeah, you know, fair. if he can get his van fixed, easy. Then, yeah, easy. then he easy. can play solos again. Yep. So easy. what about uh, what examples do you guys have? Uh, yeah. Well, um, let me list them for you. Oh, <laughs> kazoo's. Uh, more uh, kazoo's. Kazoo's. Uh, These are all balaclavas. The oh, that's not an instrument. Isn't it? It's a suit. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything. That's a suit that somebody wears. Uh, <laughs> the balaclava. But, yeah. but if I wouldn't have said that, would you guys have believed that it was? In this Actually, time? also balaclavas are the like masks, like ski masks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, it's ah. it's like a big mask that protects you from the environment and like yeah. heat or extreme temperatures or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a balaclava. Man, it would have been fun to if you just did fake it like man but definitely <laughs> balaclava i mean can you guys think of any songs that have that in that uh, no not off the top of my head but like i, I know that i've heard some for sure Actually, you know, like the 21 pilots guys you might as well say <laughs> like they do so just, i regret not keeping that going yeah, <laughs> just, it's so like you know the def leopard song right like, uh, pour some like sugar the, on me you know prominently the def features. leopard song like they only had one <laughs> there can only be one arm they're the high order all of a sudden yeah. Well, so I'll, go anyway. ahead and, I'll go ahead and kick us off with uh, or with our first example. So this song, it's called the title is Deeply Woven, and it's by the album Exivius on their album Liminal. By the which album, you said Exivius? the album Exivius <laughs> on the, the album. band Exivius is what I meant to say <laughs> on the album Liminal. Um, it's a fantastic album. It's uh, instrumental. M- progressive metal kind of thing um they play parker guitars which i'm happy about because oh, nice. my name is parker and i have a parker guitar hey. um hey. yeah it's real fun so it's they're kind of like a, a super group kind of a thing of bands that we also haven't heard of <laughs> but is that's the idea i think they're broken up now they only put out two albums i think but uh but yeah it's very like technical but also very jazz kind of based uh hmm. which is a lot of fun and uh yeah i and i enjoy it a lot and i listen to the album when i do but there's this one song deeply woven that again instrumental progressive metal kind of thing has a saxophone solo on it and it kind of teases it a little bit before that it actually comes in where there's just these in the background you're hearing like you know like yeah. what it kind of here and there just flutters but if you didn't know the saxophone solo was coming up you might have just thought that was a funky guitar tone or whatever mm-hmm. uh, so I'll just go ahead and play it and then we can uh, talk about it There you go. That's crazy. Super jazzy. It's, yeah, very much so. The guy, 
the guy playing it, there's a lot of bits too. It gets a little bit shreddy, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a saxophone can shred yeah. uh, right towards the end of it where it's going like, mm-hmm. but it's, it all like, it's very modal. So like, I think the notes, they're really fast. So I can't really tell. It, like they might be random kind of for all. Sure. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like they are actually specifically in the key. Um, and I mean, again, the song's pretty modal. So like hard to f- for sure tell. Saxophone yeah. as an instrument is actually really good at like running scale. And yeah, all the saxophone guys that I knew in college were like constantly running scales just as fast as they could. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's partially the way that the the buttons are mm-hmm. on the yeah. instrument. Yeah, you know, just it's the way it's set up. You can just you know stay in one position pretty much. And mm-hmm. It's not like a stringed instrument where you're having to right because you, know, you can play the same same note in mm-hmm. two different ways. Yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. and a lot of times, especially like sharps and flats and stuff, you can. Yeah. You know, do this kind of, I mean, same for flute to a lesser mm-hmm. extent, where you can, you know, combine different things different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. That does make it for good at that kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off yours yeah. and say that I also picked a song that has just like a random saxophone <laughs> and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. And, and it's a little bit of a, it was kind of a surprise. This is a very like electronic y song. And the guy has even said, like, you know, most of the time this is when this is done, it's super cheesy, but I just felt like this song needed mm-hmm. it, and so let's just go ahead and listen to it. It's my first one. It's just a good time instrument. (laughs) You know, I mean, I honestly, I learned the saxophone because in, so I started playing the sax in ninth grade because in eighth grade, I watched a Korean movie. Uh, I think it was the movie My Sassy Girl, <laughs> which My is sassy girl. yeah. It's it's <laughs> what a does mo- that it, mean? We I I don't know. It was it's just like a Korean chick flick kind of thing that. Uh, my sister and I had a friend that he liked Korean and like, you know, a- Asian movies. So mm. he was like, this one is really good. I don't remember what it was about, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I mm. I mean, it's just like a chick flick kind of a thing, but Korean. I can't <laughs> and, believe my sassy right. friend didn't stick with you. My oh. sassy girl. Good. Oh, sassy sassy girl. Girl. Sorry. My sassy sorry. girl. Which I think actually had an American. Ad- it was like a pretty big movie over there and it had an American adaptation. Oh, that was my one- girl. With Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> but it apparently turned out really terrible over here. Mm. Um, but whatever. Uh, so that movie, there was like, in one or two scenes, some guy that like in the middle of the night was just like standing on a bridge playing a saxophone. <laughs> and I was like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and so I purposefully, like my, my saxophone lessons were after school by a good bit. So like school ended at three 30 or four or something. And then the lesson was at like six or five 30 also at school. So I just have to wait around for it. And the stairwells in our oh, yeah. performing arts building were exactly what I wanted. So just I would just go in there and like, <laughs> and I, man, I had such a great time. And then with all the ladies flocked directly <laughs> to the stairwell. And then they came in and they're like, ah, never mind. <laughs> Whoa. 
because I should be the guy playing the music for the other guy that's standing there yeah. all looking all romantic. <laughs> They're not coming for me specifically. Uh, man, yeah, but saxophone, it just, I feel like it's also really versatile where it fits in, I mean, in that kind of thing and also in the Xivia song and in another it's, song. That it's an interesting instrument. I don't, always loved the saxophone to be totally honest i i really get what he was saying about the like cheese of a lot of saxophone parts Mm, and like that resonates with me so much (laughs) but every now and then you'll hear it in the song it's just like yeah that really works like i mean bon iver has saxophone in a lot of his self-titled album and it works in that Mm -hmm. but it's not just like screaming sax right yes exactly and i think screaming sax solos that's like the perfect oh that or like baker street is like where you're looking (laughs) for it I think yeah. the cheese prominently came in probably around the late seventies and early eighties, like 100%. with a lot of that. You know, we look back yeah. on it now, sexy and sax yeah, it's, man. it's cheesy music. Yeah, go watch a sexy sax man video on YouTube, and he's covering, you know, whatever the. Uh, oh, I totally forgot off the top uh, of my head. What is the, what is that song? Oh, I have no idea. I, I definitely I know what you're talking uh, about, but um, yeah. Mm, something love but i mean saxophone <laughs> became a pretty big instrument in pop music in the 80s and then it got transferred to like a lot of mall music and one hit yeah, wonders kenny and so, g got yeah. a hold of it yep. and just oh you mean the like ground. the greatest jazz artist of oh, our no, generation? I, I mean like he's an amazing player and everything but like <laughs> good god <laughs> if you're one of those people who when when you hear the word jazz you think kenny g <laughs> I feel bad for you. Well, you just have a lot to learn, and you'll get to learn by listening to us talking. Exactly. Hopefully, eventually. <laughs> don't listen to Kenny G. You're not allowed to anymore. <laughs> I don't care if you like him or not. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was one of my picks too. Uh, Midnight City by M83. Mm-hmm. It's a tremendous song, and that sax solo kind of. I mean, if you hadn't heard the song before, it's a five minute electronic yeah. tune yeah. that follows that you know same beat pretty much, and then just out of nowhere, it just, just ends in a the sax very solo. End, yeah. I mean, in this context, it didn't feel out of place to no, me. Absolutely. No, absolutely. But it, but it's not like the saxophone is not in any other part right. of the song. Right exactly. Here. It's just electronic stuff. Like yep. most all every bit of M83's music is all this like. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and so the saxophone coming out of nowhere is just like whoa, but also yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going back to what you were talking about with a uh, uh, Bonnie Vare's music, uh, the saxophone gets used a lot, and on this uh, latest album of his, the Twenty Two Million, there's a couple songs on there where you just hear like the bare bones, like super quiet saxophone, like mm-hmm. so quiet to yeah. where you can hear like the, the buttons being yeah, pressed yeah, in the mic. Literally and it's the just creak. so, yeah, it's, it's so like, and it's like dual saxophones on top of each other, mm-hmm. like harmonizing and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Careless whisper. Careless whisper. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was going to bother me. Yeah, I know. Me too. So I just looked it up. I like, <laughs> I kept remembering empty feet have got no rhythm. <laughs> that's not the lyric. I mean, yeah, that's sure, we'll not the title. That. Like, uh, oh, there's a side note on that song, which we should watch it after this. There's a video. It's a British game show, kind of like Who's Line or whatever. Hmm. Um, but one of the bits that they do is, um, it's like interpretive dancing, but literal dancing. I think is what it's called. It's uh, so they'll have like two people with. Uh, sound canceling headphones on oh. so they can't hear what's going on at all and there's one guy who is uh, like kind of miming out the exact words lyrics of the song uh. and he's very expressive but so oh I know what you're talking um, about uh, man I don't even know how you'd look it up I, if you look up careless whisper literal dance I bet that would do it it's but it's hilarious it's very enjoyable uh, also because it's a great song so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> throw it in the show notes 
We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, there you go. Hey, yeah. in the show notes. Hey, hey in the show Opa. notes. Opa. Yeah, what about, was that literally one of your three picks? It was, yeah, yeah. It was one I was going to talk about, but I'll talk about another one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my first pick was uh, one out of two things. Mm-hmm. Don't get to do three anymore. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't know. We didn't talk about it before. Honestly, I listened to just the like first second of all of you guys' because yeah, I really? didn't want one of them to be one of mine. Sure. So oh, no, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Chad didn't pick this this one. Yeah, uh, that's, so that's probably the only one that I was like, this yeah. one. Might so I have a very uh, long-standing relationship with this song, and I it was kind of a running joke between me and my best friend Jordan uh, for a long, long time. It's the song Hocus Pocus by Focus. <laughs> we. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, you, you may have heard the song kind of recently. Uh, it was featured very prominently in the climactic scene of Baby Driver. Oh. Uh, but this song uh, was done by a band from the 1970s. It's a, it's a classic rock song, uh, and this was really their only hit. And the reason that I say this song is kind of a joke is because it's it's an instrumental song uh, that happens to feature uh, several strange but very welcoming surprises in it. Uh, and aside from these uh, these breaks, I'll call them breaks in the song. Uh, there's there's a very prominent guitar riff. It's and it does that for pretty much the entire song, except for when it breaks. And it, the the first two times you get one very special surprise, which you'll hear, and then the next couple times you get even more special surprises. <laughs> uh, but this song, the first time I heard it, because I was just expecting like your typical classic rock, like yeah, whatever, yeah. Uh, like a dad rock song kind yeah, yeah. of. Uh, and then this part that you're about to hear came in, and I laughed so hard <laughs> because it is not at all whatever you're expecting. It's not that. So let's listen to it and prepare to be delighted. Just a little German yodeling in there. I had never been so pleasantly surprised after listening oh, to a song man. as I did when I first that, heard the that's yodeling. That's just the kind of thing to make you giddy. <laughs> it really is. And like I said, it does that for two two bits of the song. Uh, it does four bars of the main guitar riff, and then it breaks into the yodeling part. And then the third break around, uh, the singer goes into what I can only describe as a quagmire impression from Family Guy. Uh... <laughs> He starts like kind of breaking his word. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> he does that, gracious. and then after that, he goes back into the yodeling, and then to finish out the song, we get a sweet, sweet flute solo, and Man. it is wow, absolutely brilliant in Man, every really way. And this song just makes me so happy every time I hear it. I used to, I used to make CDs, uh, just playlists, and just kind of as a jo- running joke, mm-hmm. and I still do this with every CD that I burn. That is the last song on the CD. No matter what the CD is or what kind of songs are on there, that's yep. going to be the last song. 
Because uh, it's just fun. It's just fun. It's just pure fun. But yeah, I thought that I had to use that because yeah. it's just an example of something that's totally out of left field that you probably never heard in a classic rock song or really any rock song yep. is yodeling. Do you ever just wish you could be in the studio when those decisions are being made? Like, yes. Now go with me here, guys. <laughs> I'm just going to go in here and I'm going to do something. And we're just going to feel out, see what happens, you know? The, um, there's a Queen movie that's coming out. Yeah. And the, one of the scenes in the trailer is one of the guys, the guitarist. Brian like, Brian yeah. So what comes next? Oh, this is the old product section. <laughs> and, like, and he's like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> like that moment was to be, I mean, I would imagine they were kind of in on it together well, at that <laughs> point in time. But that's just really funny imagining that kind of a thing happening. Like, What's we're doing, interesting what about that song, Bohemian Rhapsody, is yeah. when it first came out, it was kind of a dud. It certainly wasn't a hit on that record. Yeah. It didn't become a hit until the film Wayne's World in yeah. 1992. That's, had a resurgence. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which... Apparently, I'm sure you guys may know this story even better than I do, but my understanding of it is that movie was too short, and so they had to pad it with more things. And they were like, oh, we'll just do, we can get like a scene of us driving and singing some song. And they were going to do, I can't remember what the other song was going to be, but it was something I think more very like straightforward and generic and mm-hmm. regular. And they were like, no, I don't. This song, like, that's fun. Like, that's so a lot of twists and turns. Or yeah, and, and so it's well. a long, it's a fairly long song, it is, yeah. and it's. I, if I remember right, the whole thing is in the movie, right? I Maybe think not. So I think they uh, no, not the well. entire thing. It's not the entire. Okay. not the, the very beginning, beginning of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But like, that's just so funny. That's how they got it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, man. What I had a thought a second ago. Um, I forgot it a little. Oh yeah, I I feel like. Some of this, like the odd instruments and music or whatever, um, it definitely gets its full effect more when the the band doesn't typically do that kind of thing, right. I guess. Yeah, you know, right. so like the bands like Earth, Wind and Fire, I can't imagine a surprising instrument in in their bands for the most fair. part because they have so much sure awesome stuff already going on. Or, you know, um, I mean a lot of bands like that there's just already all this instrumentation or Sufjan, honestly, a lot of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he uses a lot of weird instruments. Well, not weird instruments, but you know, like mm-hmm. uh, horns stuff. and strings and yeah. all that to where um, it just wouldn't be that out of place. I think we also have the synthesizer to thank for a lot of bands because mm-hmm. that, that instrument yeah. itself can duplicate or replicate yep. so many other instruments that, and a lot of artists use this mm-hmm. very prominently in their music that when they do use a real you know, kind of, I guess, more bizarre or strange yeah. instrument. It's not as surprising as something like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the saxophone solo at the end of the yeah. M83 or yodeling yeah. in this It's just song. not as jarring. I mean, one yeah, interesting right. one to think about on the flip side of a lot, like a lot of these are kind of more classical-esque instruments in mm-hmm. modern music, but thinking of the flip side, like a distorted electric guitar in a concerto kind of yeah. scenario, that would be Well, except then you have bands like Nightwish. That, oh, well, that's yeah, pretty exactly. much exclusively <laughs> what it is. It's like 80s hair metal, but or with the orchestra. Where those are like perfectly pairing together. <laughs> well, like, perfectly. Yeah, is, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But they're, that's their uh, that's purposefully, their rather. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're pairing together strings and operatic stuff plus mm-hmm. metal and, and all that. But yeah, I feel like that would be really interesting going to like a classical concert where all of a sudden a guy comes out and plays an electric guitar. And I feel yeah. like a bunch of older people would be a little mad. Oh no, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's Maybe the, same, not, the same kind of people that would go see a bluegrass show and get mad that there's a snare drum. Yeah. Yeah. 
Really, yeah. at a snare drum? Uh, yeah, there's there's some folks that are really hard on like what is technically bluegrass um. and what isn't bluegrass. Even if it's just a standalone snare snare drum by itself, because I mean, I guess I can see a full drum kit like that. I yeah. get, but I feel like if it's just like even a kick and snare drum, but well, you know what? Yeah. If it enhances the song, then yeah. it's okay. I mean, with I'm me. with I'm with you. Yeah. There's just some folks out there. And totally. Metalheads sure. do the same. Oh thing. yeah, sure. Oh, this can't be metal because he sings for part of it or right. something. You know, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't have like a that. double kick drum. Yeah, it's yeah. this is metal. I I do remember when I first met Wyatt and who again we've played some of the stuff he listened to a whole slew of things especially now but back in the day he'd listen to more uh just you know technical death metal and classical and classic rock and like these very specific genres yeah. and i showed him some of the metal i listened to i don't know and it's just you know kind of post-hardcore screamo yeah. metal kind of stuff and he was like that's too much singing for me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, granted, in retrospect, it was pretty whiny metal, like well, not yeah. stuff that I'd yeah. really enjoy listening to now as yeah. much. But, uh, you know, whatever. It was I just funny. To, I used to get the same way about hip hop music. Like if somebody mm-hmm. would play me a hip hop, I'd be like, you know, well, I like hip hop. It's it's cool. It's just I don't like when they rap. <laughs> and then somebody would be like okay well here huh, this well, song doesn't have that much rapping. And then, you know, there there would be like one verse yeah. of rap. It. It wasn't until later that I realized I kind of just like the samples that they're using in right, the hip hop yeah, yeah. music. And of That's course, now funny. I feel much differently. I, yeah. I like a lot of hip hop music, but yeah, back then it was like, well, it's just too much rap for me uh-huh. in the rap song. <laughs> Man, okay, I'm gonna go into my next one. Um, this is the one that I didn't want you guys to have picked the same one. I'm sure you're gonna recognize it. Uh, so it's a band. If you're familiar at all with kind of the rock and roll scene from early 2000s, you'll be familiar with this band, and they use an instrument that doesn't really fit in the genre particularly, usually, but it's a big old staple of their band. And I'm wondering if you guys have any guesses, but we're about to find out. Here it goes. Yeah, man. I just, I totally forgot Yellow Card existed. (laughs) That's, uh, yeah. So they, I mean, one of my friends in high school just loved Yellow Card. He played violin, so that Uh, made sense uh, as well. And that's his entry into the genre. Uh Exactly. He's the same friend that um, loved that Sonic theme song and loved Sonic Adventures and stuff. So, I mean, this kind of perfectly blends some of those things as well. Um, I mean, Yellow Card, granted, is less cheesy than Crush 40 is. But, 100%, yeah. Um, Not a lot of things are as cheesy as Sonic <laughs> Adventure theme music. So. But, yeah, it's uh, it does a good job of, like, the the violin. It's kind of like, what oh, what, you, what you doing there? But it fits mm-hmm. in fairly well at the same time. Like, yeah. that main theme, at it stands out a little bit more than in the next part, where it's... Where it's just doing the harmony part mm-hmm. of the lead guitar. Which, you know, makes sense that they'd kind of just fit together, sort yeah. of like two electric guitars playing the lead parts yeah. together or yeah. whatever. Well, uh, and it definitely, like, it gave them some recognition from a lot of people, I think, that would not have cared about their music otherwise. were like, oh, yeah, this is like, the, you know, all those other bands you're like, but it has violin, and that's, mm-hmm. like, super cool. And it's like, well, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's, like, 
exploitative or anything like that. But but it did a thing. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, would that band be as well known had it not been for the violinist? Yep. I mean, yeah, exactly. And to some degree, you know, because I don't know how much it enhanced them musically. It's hard to really say because if they did that same part with a guitarist. I, I don't know if that would have been particularly any different. And honestly, I don't know their whole discography very mm-hmm, well. Yeah. I, I know a couple of songs fairly well, like that one and Ocean Avenue. Like, yeah, I know fair, quite well. But but a lot of the rest, you know, maybe the the violin actually supports the band mm-hmm. in some other ways. Yeah. I don't really know. If nothing else, it makes them different. It makes yeah. them different yeah. than yeah. the and other band who has yeah. that it same definitely, tone, you know? Yeah, it definitely does that in the same way that it's like, oh, it's that band with that, you know, one guy with this kind of hair mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Flock of Seagulls, for example. Right, You know, right. they... Their hair doesn't help their music wouldn't at all. It yeah. wouldn't be the first time that a band got noted, you know, more on their their shtick than like. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not even calling that a shtick. It's not like that's the only reason that they're right. popular because I mean they're obviously good enough songwriters to. But it might have been a helpful reason to get noticed in the uh, first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. To point out like, oh, but they've got good songs too. Got like, a thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, give them a chance for this reason or that. Well, you know? Part of it's just like the benefit of timing too. I, I don't mean to detract from their like success in any oh, way, yeah. just because they have a violin player or something like. I mean, they they came into the genre at a time and had to have gotten started before that it was really a popular thing for them to be popular when they were right with that yes. genre coming up. Like, it's not like. That was an established genre, and then like five years later, this band called Yellow Card came out, and we're like, yeah, we're kind of doing that, but we have a violin. Like, they were doing it at the same time, yeah. so it, it was just kind of mm-hmm. a benefit of mm-hmm. multiple things. Yep. So. They were progressing the genre in the same way that other bands around them were. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, not a whole lot to say about about that specifically, but that was uh, that was one of the ones. So I feel like those were at least, those. I've got one more example later, but those two were kind of the two sides of... You know, one where it's shoe, not one where it's more out of place, and the other where it just kind of sits in there a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, my next one actually kind of is a similar theme where it's like a band utilizing another instrument um, that maybe isn't typically used, but on everything. Like, it's just this is a lot of what the guy played uh, in this band. And it's a band called the Mercury Program. And they're not like a huge band. They didn't, I don't think they've ever really gotten a whole lot of success. Um, but they they kind of got started around the early 2000s, and they've had three albums, I think, come out. Uh, but I, I pulled an example off of uh, their album, A Data, Learn the Language. And it's so it's a lot like post rock. A lot of their music is very like ambient and very, you know, like delayed guitars and lots of reverb and all this stuff and really like smooth drums and all this stuff. And they'll smooth have drums. Big, smooth drums and they've got big builds and stuff like that. But like the really defining instrument of their sound to me is the vibraphone. Mm. I love the vibraphone. Um, I think it's a fantastic instrument. If you don't know what it is, it sounds kind of like a large marumba or xylophone, except that it can sustain. Mm -hmm. And so you just literally have this big old sustain pedal that you can push, and uh, you get really lovely tone and just these big sustained chords. and, and, And it's not like... Most of the time when you hear vibraphone on something, it's like they were in the studio and there was a vibraphone in the corner for some reason. And they were like, oh, we can we can put that on something. This is like, this dude plays the vibraphone and wanted to play post-rock. And so uh-huh. he got people together and he plays vibraphone for this band. That's and that, I just think it's really cool. So we can go ahead and listen yeah. to it.
good vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just super vibey. <laughs> 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 That's but, like, but I'm for anybody who didn't get that. But yeah, but vibe yeah. Beer. That was yeah. Uh, yeah a that, lot of the album sounds very similar to that. It's yeah. it's good, just like chill background. Did you say music it's on the whole like album the vibraphone? I can't mm-hmm. remember. Yeah, okay, cool. every single, like that is one of the defining instruments of yep. the band. Sweet. Is just the guy plays a vibraphone. So that's really neat. It's super cool. Yep. What do you guys think? You want to take a break and come back? Sure. Sure. All right. And we're back. So in that break, it was very eventful. Um, Chad and I found out that we've been to <laughs> Romania a bunch of times, uh, like around the same years and like an hour and a half away from each other <laughs> on uh, service project kinds of things or mm-hmm. whatever. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. You went to... So it's just kind of like said, small world kind of stuff. I was yep. mostly in Chafa, Romania, which is yep. a little bit south of Aradia. And I was in Touts, which is a little more south of Aradia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> so, yeah. But I feel like something makes me feel like we've got a game prepared. Matt, do you maybe possibly have a game prepared? Game time. Yeah, I got a game. Matt's got a game. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to give you a good trumpet sting. That was really, really good. <laughs> Speaking of fun instruments. Speaking uh, of sting. Oh, good. We, we oh. got the kazoo again. Just when you thought it wasn't going to return. <laughs> got it. We got the mosquito back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. I prepped a little game for us. So this is one that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe it was Parker's idea. Um, but I really I liked it the was. idea. <laughs> I really liked it, and I wanted to do something with it, so I thought it would be kind of fun. Uh, it kind of borders on the line of mean, which I don't oh, want it. I don't want this to be a mean podcast. I don't want to make fun of things, but sometimes it's it's good just to let out some it's healthy yeah. and cathartic. It's, it's healthy and cathartic. Admit to, that things are strange. Exactly, <laughs> and and that's what this game is. It's made up of, made up of stuff that you might argue is just strange, just weird. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, if we do play this game again, if this is a success, which we haven't played it yet, so I have no idea how it's going to work out. But if it is a success and we decide we do want to play it again, I will pick different genres of music. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But for now, we're going to use uh, country music. And mm-hmm. I say that That's as somebody who bag. has the <laughs> utmost respect for country music. I do respect country music. I like some of it. There's a lot of country music out there that is more or less bad bro <laughs> it's i mean i don't know yeah it's it uh, did you say bro country yeah <laughs> okay yeah so i'm sure most of the listeners to this podcast are not big country fans and <laughs> i hope you're not well if you are then please don't take any, any offense to this we're if probably anybody gonna... from my old company is listening to this then they probably are <laughs> and that's great and that's just <laughs> like great. i said i have nothing but respect for country music and i will pick different genres because there are wacky lyrics in a lot of genres mm-hmm. and i say that because this is how the game works i'm going to to read out loud a couple lyrics from certain country songs mm-hmm. this week we'll do different genres another week <laughs> but i'm gonna pick country music and we're gonna stick specifically with country music and this is these are songs that are by well-known artists uh i don't think that any of us three really know the lyrics to them uh i didn't until i read them uh so it that might make for the the best part about the game is not knowing these lyrics going in. So the way it works is I'm going to read some lyrics and then I'm going to say blank, in which case 
Chad and Parker need to fill in the blanks with what they think. Is it just one word or is it a it whole It might line? be one word. Okay. It might be a phrase. It might be a whole big thing. Cool. But oh, wow. based on, they, they have. Based uh, on context. It's based it on, out. yeah. So, so you gotcha. listen to the context and kind of figure out like, okay, figure out the rhyme scheme, the, the you know, iambic pentameter, all, mm-hmm. that whole thing. And <laughs> the iambic pentameter yes. of the song? Yes. It, Please listen to that closely. Yeah. And if you if you have absolutely no idea, that's fine. That's even better. Oh yeah, then you can just, just, I'm just gonna guess random yes. stuff that, that rhymes. Mostly more or tractor. Less. <laughs> tractor might be in a couple of tractor these. beer uh, beer tractor. So as an, yes, tractor, I'm going yeah. to start reading the lyrics, and then I'm going to stop, and I'm going to say blank, and it's going to be up to them to figure out what the lyric is. And if they don't get it, oh, <laughs> then I'll read shock. it out loud. Uh, <laughs> And All this right. isn't this isn't to prove any sort of point of how ridiculous these lyrics are. It's just it's just to have you take fun. Take away so. from it whatever you want. If you want exactly. to ridiculous, take you away do from that. this whatever you, can you extrapolate will. Extrapolate whatever you want from this. <laughs> you can right. do whatever you So the you first like. song is called "She's Country" by okay. Jason Aldean. Yep. Uh, you might know him as a country guy who sings country <laughs> songs. <laughs> I like that you prefaced all of this with like this is all country. It's it's a lot of country, but Jason he Aldean, is a country he's guy. He's a country guy, <laughs> really. Uh, contrary to popular belief, Jason Aldean. Country to country popular songs. belief. <laughs> country to popular belief. Uh, uh, is that a is that a spectrum like from country to popular belief? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> from one to the next. So this song right. is called "She's Country." Yep. All right, I'm gonna start from the beginning. I'm, I'll just stop at random places. Cool. Uh, all right, so it goes like this you boys ever meet a real blank you boys ever meet a real blank i'm gonna assume country girl yeah hey titles of the songs yeah (laughs) you boys ever meet a real country girl i'm talking true blue out of the woods down home country girl she's a hot little number in her blank oh um like tight jean shorts or something? Daisy Dukes of some no, no, it's not about clothing. It's, oh, it's not about the clothing. It's not about oh. the clothing. Is it? Is it about a vehicle? Uh, yes. Okay, inner jeep of some sort. Uh, uh, close. You're getting close. What do What do they sing about a lot? Oh, truck. I mean, in her pickup yeah, truck. Yep. Okay, She's a hot yeah. little number in her pickup truck. Got it. Daddy's sweet money done. Blank, blank, blank. Oh, messed her up. <laughs> <laughs> is it? No, oh, it's not. <laughs> Daddy's sweet little money. It does rhyme with okay, pickup truck. Her up? Oh, no, it does. Uh, pickup so it rhymes better with truck. Like, it rhymes kind of with truck, okay. I guess. You, you, um, It's up. You got up. Oh, okay. Um, what done. did Daddy's sweet little money do to this pickup truck? Oh, souped her up. Yeah, I'll take it. Jacked it up. Jacked it okay, up. Okay, that okay, was okay, going to okay. be my yeah. next guess, actually. Uh, I thought you were talking about the girl, no, I think not I might have guessed truck. lift. Okay. Anyway. Right. Oh, it would work. Uh, this next one, I think you'll both get. She's a party all-nighter from South Carolina. I guess it, I'm guessing Cap- South, South Carolina. I'm going to say he says <laughs> liner in the song. I've never heard the song, but I'm going to assume that's what it is. Unless he says uh, all-nighter from yeah, South Carolina. I, in which one case, or the other. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she's a party all-nighter from South Carolina. A bad mamma jamma from down in... Alabama. Yeah! So, she's from South Carolina and Alabama. And Alabama. <laughs> she's from two places at once. Easy. Which is cool. It's just subtly getting both of those demographics so that right. like, South Carolina yeah. people are like, Oh, he's talking about that's me! That's me! And Alabama people are like... Well, I don't know what that other one was, but me. In the Alabama <laughs> me part. Also. That's me. <laughs> I lived in Alabama. Uh, He's talking about so you. How was That's the where I first learned about there. South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I first learned that the world exists. There's more states than this? <laughs> mm. 
I was 14. Man, this is- <laughs> <laughs> She's a raging Cajun, a lunatic from Brunswick, juicy Georgia peach. Yep. Uh, where was I? I'm, I'm with a ass. thick southern draw, sexy swing and walk. Brother, she's a treat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, a country girl. No, oh. <laughs> it's just all. She's she's all. Uh, oh, what? That's it. A-L-L. Oh, what? And brother, that's... she's all. All what? She's all. Yeah, that's terrible. More? She's everything. I mean, she's from two places. <laughs> <laughs> all you could ever ask for. All right. Uh, brother, she's, she's all. from two places. <laughs> she happens to be really mean and the worst, but she's from two places, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to move on to another song. This okay, is cool. Indian Outlaw by Tim McGraw. Oh, and I, I'll rhymes. note this is going to be oh, the most sensitive, little, I'm sure. Little known fact all of Tim McGraw's songs rhyme with Tim McGraw. <laughs> No, he has a song called My Next 30 Years that does not rhyme with Tim McGraw. So uh, my Next 30 Years from my papa. From my, my papa. From my papa. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, here it goes. I'm an Indian outlaw, half Cherokee and... Wichita. <laughs> close. I don't know. Close. I might as well take it. Choctaw. Oh, okay. man. I was really uh, close, yeah. though. You were. My Insensitively baby. close. <laughs> my baby, she's a Chippewa. She's one of a kind. All my friends call me Bear Claw. The village chieftain is my Papa. Hey! Hey! Yes! Uh, he There's gets he gets his orders from my Mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she makes him walk the line. You can find me in my wigwam. I'll be beaten on my Tom Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get somebody to make drum work, and I was like, Dram Dram. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not good. That's just fake. I know, but I was just like, playing on my dream dream with my clam jam. <laughs> it's always those rim ram rim rim. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, uh, I'll be beaten on my tom tom in my wigwam. I'm not gonna lie. I I don't know how Indian. Uh, Tim McGraw is not at all. all. I don't think not he's at all, I mean, all like, Indian. I'm pretty sure possible. he lives in Nashville. Like, I mean, but just... it's possible that he's got like 130. I mean, like Native I'm 164th or 132nd Cherokee. Yeah, but like that's that's not enough to get to write a whole song about it. Like actual Native American or you know whatever the politically correct term is nowadays. But are probably like uh, yeah that that's not right. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to go into the kind of the worst lyrics, I think, of this song that I just read. And was <laughs> surprisingly, uh, not surprisingly at all, but I was kind of shocked by. I remember the medicine man. He caught running water down my ha- Wait. He caught running water in my hands, drug me around by my ears. I don't know. Uh, hair? Uh, pants. Scalp? Oh. Uh, uh, headdress, headband. Oh, uh, oh. said I, I wasn't her words. kind. The medicine man said I wasn't her kind. Interesting, because uh, I'm an Indian outlaw, half <laughs> Cherokee and half Choctaw. My baby, she's a Chippewa. She's one of a kind. I can kill a deer or um, jackdaw. Ride it. Oh. <laughs> kill a deer. Ride. Whatever you want, sweet baby. <laughs> 
you can ride a deer in Breath of the Wild, and it's the it's, most it's fun. It's true. You can it's you know, great. sneak up on them, and yeah. they're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> you can also ride bears, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I took a picture of myself riding a bear, and I referenced uh, Brian Regan. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Okay. Uh, I could kill a deer or buffalo. Buffalo. Ah, buffalo. Okay. How does, uh, does that rhyme with something? Uh, no. With just my arrow and my hickory bow. Huh, uh, from a hundred yards, don't you know? I do it all the time, all the time, <laughs> all the time, all the time. But yeah. also, I mean, she's all, <laughs> she's all, <laughs> she's all. Uh, anyways, I got one more song. All right, I'm want, ready. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is fantastic. More. Um, this is much better than I'd anticipated. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna look for like it. just one line, and you would try to guess the next line. I prefer this way better. Yeah, this this is okay. Yeah. Um. All right, so this is a this is a song called "She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy" oh, yeah, by Kenny Chesney. I've uh, heard that this song. Is she thinks my tractor's sexy. So, I only got I only got one lyric that I want you guys to guess because I just laughed a little too hard when I heard it. All right, uh, so the chorus of the song goes like this: She thinks my tractor's sexy. Mm-hmm. It really turns her on. She's always staring at me while no, I'm on the lawn. Or uh, oh shoot, well, um, <laughs> what do you do on a tractor if you're four years old? Oh, you fall off. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just why? Why is it this lyric? Why? why uh, did I, I have no idea. While I'm chugging along, chugging oh, along, man yeah. alive, chugging, chugging, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Anyways, okay. I'll do Proud one more. You. Proud of you. <laughs> wait, wait. Who is this? Uh, this is uh. Ch- ooh. Chattahoochee by oh, Alan Jackson. Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, never knew how much that muddy water meant to me. But I learned how to swim and I learned how it was. A little about living and a lot about love. I, yeah, I, I know more of the lyrics of that song than you would probably guess. Oh my God. <laughs> I always knew this day would come. I've been preparing for millennia. Chad is a closeted country fan. <laughs> No, I actually, uh, when I was he growing up... He's the Chattahoochee! I'm the Chattahoochee. <laughs> the Chattahoochee. Growing up, that's all my mom listened to in the car was like terrible country. So, yeah, uh, I, I know pretty much all the lyrics to that song. <laughs> <laughs> you can try me if you want. I definitely won't know. Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, it gets hotter than a... Hoochie's coochie. There you go, you yep. got it. <laughs> that one I actually did know, not gonna lie. Okay. Whew. All right, one more. I promise this okay. is the last one. <laughs> All right, this is uh, this is uh, Blake Blake Shelton. Uh, boys around here. Perfect. You don't know that one, do you? I know that it exists. All right, backwoods legit. Don't take no hay. Chew tobacco. Blank spit. Chew tobacco. Chew tobacco. Spit. That's it. He said <laughs> I don't know all the words to it, but I just know that part specifically oh, from that song. Anyway, I that's hate the country game. so much. <laughs> I think it's the worst thing. Oh, oh man. All right. Well, man. So now you all know a little bit more about me. <laughs> I think we all learned a little something there. I so yeah, I historically didn't like country music at all, and I st- still don't really. Um, but yeah, my job before where I work now, I was, uh, at a, at a business management firm and all of our clients, or 95% of our clients were popular country artists. Oh, and yeah. so I was one of a small group of folks who worked there who didn't <laughs> enjoy country music particularly, but I definitely have more of a respect for it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, 
the thing that that's just weird to me about it still is that it's or the reason that I don't like it for myself is not even just the musicianship or mm-hmm. uh, not the musicianship, but like the songs and song format and stuff. It's the fact. I mean, yeah, the style. Um, but I don't love just songs that are Pandering? written as song. <laughs> so like where it's like, hey, let's get together and just write a song. And like, mm. you know, songwriting in that kind of way has never appealed to me and feels very forced and faked and just not just lacks integrity and isn't mm. written because like I need to write this song, you know, it's important or whatever. Um, or like, even if it's not like I'm, I need to write this song and let it out. Or even if it's just like, Hey, you know what? I, I should write a song. What's something I care about? And then write about that right, thing. Yeah. You know, like that's fine. Obviously uh, that's something I think, that I do, but I think too much country feels just factory produced. It, like, it just yeah, feels no, it, produced it is, for the masses. It to is a commercial. Technically yeah. it is. I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> in the sense that, okay, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I guess we can't expect much more from it, but it's not impossible to write a yeah. good country song. Yeah, no. I mean, I one mean, of like, my Zach Brown has some really good stuff. Actually, yeah. there was a there was a song they played at the Grammys not too long ago that like Dave Grohl played drums with him, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, that's actually really cool. And like, if yeah. more countries sounded like that, I'd be pretty down with it. And there are some really great musicians in country music. Like uh, Brad Paisley is a phenomenal guitarist. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he he is actually amazing. The stuff that he can do on a yeah. guitar. Um, but so much of it, yeah, just it, it feels like pandering products just aimed at a very specific audience. And it's funny, too, because like they're aiming at an audience that doesn't want to buy products. And so right. they're making this like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is super anti-establishment. <laughs> like you really are fighting the man by eating up this product we're yeah. selling. To well, what's you. interesting. So I, I took a songwriting class in college, which was actually it was pretty good. It was I feel like I learned a lot from it, but it's just also not the direction that I like or prefer to go to or down in songwriting or at least for myself. But, um, the thing that my professor pointed out is that the songs that are played on the radio, if there's a quality of one to five, they are all going to be twos, threes, and fours. And ideally more around the three, you don't mm-hmm. want a song that's like five level goodness on the radio because my, fi- I might've already said this on the podcast. I don't remember, I don't but my so, five yeah. is your one or somebody yeah. else. You know, like those sure. are there. They are better songs and there's more quality to them, but they're also more divisive, you know, yeah. like, um, I mean, a lot of movies, for example, you know, Ex Machina, I love that movie, but to somebody else, like, it's doing a lot that's very specific that somebody else just wouldn't enjoy, but mm-hmm. we could probably, we could both watch, I don't know, uh, something easy and fun, <laughs> whatever <laughs> the example of that is, yeah. you know, and well, a Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so it's, that doesn't do anything crazy risky and the thing, the risks it takes, we blow out of proportion because it's, you know, it mm-hmm. just does a good job of being kind of the norm in some ways, um, but but yeah, m- musically, that's that's just a thing where mm-hmm. they I mean, in country music, it's the goal is radio play and yeah. specifically to write songs that aim that radio demographic because just to make sure people don't turn off the radio yeah. because yes. somebody will leave a song on if they're hoping the next Correct. one's going to be better. But yeah. if a, this song is something they really don't like, they'll just turn it off. Well, and even you'll you'll see that with like artists who aren't just trying to get radio play or something like that like usually the singles that come off of an album aren't really usually the best songs on the album right they're they're a little bit more palatable to people so Mm -hmm. that if you do have like a weirder album that you're doing you're gonna pick the most palatable songs you can to get people to buy into the album not necessarily just to like get people to buy your album but just to like say Oh, okay. That's something that I'm familiar with. So I'm willing to give this a a chance Mm -hmm. and listen to the, the fuller 
project or something like that rather than like picking the most jarring song that you can find and being like nope this is what you get if you don't like it then you just you should keep walking yeah that's honestly when i was talking about um or like talking about copeland the band that i was listening to this week um (laughs) will it's the album that i'd maybe recommend to somebody who doesn't like as like interesting and diverse type stuff would be their album in motion, their second album, because it is more just kind of standard rock, indie rock kind of stuff, but does some of the other things that if you gain interest in those other things, mm-hmm. then you can sort of delve into the more niche type stuff. And I mean, this isn't music related, but video games is the same way where yeah. like, I would recommend for somebody to play, you know, this kind of RPG before getting into the really niche stuff well, yeah. uh, for them to, you know, see if like, is that something you'd enjoy? Yeah. You know, do you like turn-based RPG? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> try Pokemon, I guess. That's pretty yeah, yeah. just, That is know. a very light term. Yeah. We don't need to talk about yeah. this right now. <laughs> but I just wish that country music as a whole had more avenues for people to go down, you know, like, yeah. so yeah. people could hear one single on an album. It, but that's the thing is you hear a single off Blake yeah. Shelton's new album. The rest of the album is going to be that. It's going to be it's going to be worse than well, that single. Well, they're You're not, they're get not better trying music to. They're that. not trying to make a project and like buy you into the project. Right, they're right. trying to write literally yes. ten songs of ten radio singles. Hits. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They're, and they're that's, trying, that's exactly I, what they're trying. And to do. I mean, there are. I feel like there are country artists that do like um, Casey Musgraves. Her like she's a country artist, but mm-hmm. her latest album I haven't listened to it very much. Um, but Ashley put it onto the car. My wife. Um, and I've listened to it there, and it's it's more like folk country kind mm-hmm. of stuff, like alt, uh, and like has some seventies influence and stuff, and is actually really good and does some interesting things. But I think at the detriment of it not really getting to be like radio country in yeah. the same way and as popular. So it's like, I mean, the question at that point is, do you want the integrity of music or do you want as much money as possible? You well, know, and really, realistically, in the last several years, uh, really in the last couple like decades, I guess, if you want like authentic country music, uh, you have to listen to Americana. Right. You don't listen right. to country anymore because country has become synonymous with the like pop bro country right. rock like whatever this amalgamation of shilling product is. <laughs> Americana is like the country sound, mm-hmm. but with people who actually care enough to like write songs mm-hmm. and just make a product and make what their sound is. And that happens to be kind of country-ish. Yeah. Like a lot of Neko Cases stuff has been kind of Americana-ish. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a lot of like smaller bands that'll play at a lot of local festivals around here yeah. anyways. Yeah. Like, yeah, Nashville's a thriving place for you know, smaller country artists, Americana, I guess, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I still consider that country. I consider somebody like, you know, Gillian Welch or, or Margot Price, you know, two very prominent country artists, in my opinion, who are writing very good country Americana mm-hmm. music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're, I mean, all, all that stuff is based here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess when somebody says they don't like country music, typically it's really, they don't like pop country music. But that is synonymous with so much of it. Okay. <laughs> and so that's the thing yes. is like, you know, you're generalizing, but it's yeah. it's coming across sure. pretty much correctly at the same time yeah. while yeah. generalizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, there's also plenty of people that do like country music and that's fine too. So yeah, it's totally fine. And <laughs> like whatever you like. Yeah. Man. We've got a couple more examples. I think one more example each on, uh, on our topic. Do we want to finish it out? Yeah, with, let's do with it. These guys, Matt, yeah. you got one more. Yeah. Uh, for the one that I picked that was my second out of third. Hey, heck <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, I went with neutral milk hotel. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You go? It's one of my one of my older favorite bands. I still really like them a mm-hmm. lot. They only had two studio uh, albums back in the late '90s, but they've since 
you know, had a resurgence, like probably back in 2010 ish and become one of the most iconic indie rock bands of all time. And rightfully so. I mean, they put out an album in 97 called in the airplane over the sea. And it is an iconic legendary album that features very influential, very, very influential on uh, to every indie band you've heard since. Um, Yeah, in in so many ways, uh, Jeff Mangum is an absolutely incredible songwriter. The way that this album flows is is among the best. I mean, from song to song, is just the perfect amount of. I don't know, like it, it's it's everything that you want in a full length album. Uh, it's relatively short, but you know the songs on here stay consistent. There's only two or three major themes, musical themes that get uh, repeated throughout this album, but it still feels very diverse and. Uh, I guess uh, subversive in a way. Uh, a lot of the lyrics uh, have to do with uh, Anne Frank in the Holocaust, um, and, but they're also very cryptic and can you know you can derive a lot of different meanings. But uh, part of what I love about this album is the almost random use of different instruments throughout. Uh, there's a lot of acoustic guitar, like uh, three chord acoustic guitar, like kind of punk based stuff, and it gets blended in perfectly with freeform jazz almost classical arrangements uh and the song that i picked is um nearing the end of the album it's called untitled it's the only track on the album that is called (laughs) untitled uh but it's a purely instrumental track and it's it's kind of nearing the end of the album like we're, we're closing it out and this 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 song in particular brings back up the energy after it after the album goes into a pretty steep lull for a while mm. there's a song on the album called oh comely which is eight minutes long and it is one of the most depressing songs ever it's very good but it's very depressing and then uh it's slow the album has to slowly build its way back up from there and that's what i'm talking about with the flow is like it, the album just drops when it needs to drop and it gets right back up in in the most perfect ways but yeah this song is a uh, purely instrumental but it just builds that energy right back up and the lead instrument is an instrument that we've heard a couple times on the album <laughs> but uh this this is where it gets really really prominent and it's not the instrument that you would expect to hear at this moment in the album Sneeze now. Hachu. <laughs> nice. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't like bagpipes. <laughs> I don't. Uh, this you mean is, you don't this... love the Dropkick Murphys? I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw them live once. Why? And uh, it was yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been asking myself that ever since. No, that I used mean, to like the Dropkick but... Murphys. I, I did. And uh, who's the other Irish band? Yeah. Flogging Molly. Flogging uh, Molly. That's yes. the one. I, I, I like them as well. Uh, and I think Flogging Molly still has one or two like really, really good jams that are fun to like crank bangers, out every now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they got some bangers, <laughs> some heat rocks, as one might say. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't like the bagpipes in general. I mean, it's it's a really 
unique instrument, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Your uh, face when you said that. But was it seems uh, so from from the little bit that I know about it, it does seem like a very limited instrument, yeah. and there's only so many things you can do with it. True. Um, but when used in a context similar to what you just heard, I can really enjoy it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's one of those things that on this particular album, and if you haven't heard the whole album, I encourage you to go listen to it um, because you do get uh, those little spurts of just kind of random instrumentation throughout, but they just fit so well with this. And and this is one of the songs that to me I couldn't imagine any other instrument than this bagpipe, which is just genius because I could have never thought I would have never thought to say like okay we're nearing the end of this album we need we need to fill in time or I don't know maybe <laughs> yeah. that was the thought process maybe it wasn't but the last thing I would do is say bagpipes yeah yeah that's the answer here it's interesting because it sounds in the context like it sounded like bagpipes because of some of the stuff he was doing, but mm-hmm. also the sound of it. And I don't know if it was just recording or how we were listening to it here. Cause I haven't heard the song outside of right mm-hmm. now, but it sounds almost just like a mono, like square wave yeah. synth mm-hmm. kind of right. thing at the same time. Or Cause you don't hear the literally like droney part of it. Right. So yeah, exactly. Like yes. One of the essential I mean, parts of it. You just don't hear. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, that's interesting. Cause it also, mm-hmm. that would fit in with the song. So I feel like it almost, I wonder listening to it without coming in with the concept of this is going to be an interesting intru- instrument. Yeah. If I would have noticed, like, oh, this is bagpipes and something odd, or if I would have been like, oh, that's a synth. Right. Wait yeah. a minute, you know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the that's the other thing that I don't like about bagpipes is that that drone. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's got to keep that that bottom yeah. bass tone yeah. going and. Eh, just don't really like it. Yeah, but you just I, can't play bagpipes softly at all. No, like, yeah, there's no yeah, dynamics. Yeah. There's no dynamics to it. That's bagpipe. the. I think that's the kind of big mm-hmm. thing about. It. Because actually, I like the idea of a drone. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> dumb as this is, um, I don't know if any of you have or either of you have ever like stood next to a m- microwave while it's going mm-hmm. and just hum along with it, and or yeah. like anything that's a drone or like uh, <laughs> exact. And I'm just like. <laughs> And like, I, I like playing with the modes as yeah, well, where it's right. like, I'm switching yeah. between like, oh, this is in D major and now in D minor, you know, yeah. whatever things. D door. Yeah. And uh, so so it's fun having a drone, but with the bagpipes, it being just such a, you know, fixed dynamics mm-hmm. um, makes it less pretty in that sense, because you can't just like kind of wiggle in and out of notes. Sure. Yeah. I weave just, was a better word than wiggle. <laughs> wiggle. <laughs> wiggle is more fun. I just thought about the fact that I'm pretty sure there's a song on Icky Thump that has bagpipes. Yeah, in it's, it uh, was it Saint Andrew? Yeah, it's like it's, something in the sky or this battle is up in the air. That yeah, one. that song yeah. does feature so the bagpipes. I totally forgot about that until right now. Also, if you like Neutral Milk Hotel, I'm gonna do a quick plug for Julian Coaster who played a lot of instruments on mm. that stuff uh has a, a podcast with the nightville folks mm. called the orbiting human circus of the air mm. and uh he wrote like this whole big story and it's like a fake radio show from paris okay. and he does things like play you know handsaws and make ah. them make music and it's just a cute little story and it's some really good little storytelling mm. it's also really weird because it's the nightvale folks so mm-hmm. they always make weird stuff but it's it's really cute and it's a lot of fun so mm-hmm. he's a really yeah. interesting guy um, my next one uh, is uh, a fairly popular artist, actually, and I don't know if people really realize that it's Vincent she- Van Gogh. It is Vincent <laughs> Van Gogh. <laughs> it's a very quiet song. <laughs> um, no, it, sounds it, like a painting. It's actually a fairly popular artist that uh, I don't think people really realize how much a that she features this instrument in her songs, but then b the fact that the instrument is in 
pretty much all of her songs. Like mm. she tours with a person playing harp. And that's really weird for this day and age. Mm -hmm. uh, not a lot of people are like very prominently featuring the harp. I know you've brought somebody who was yep. mainly a harp player, mm -hmm. but that is still very yeah. uncommon. Joanna that, Newsom and Tambor are the only two that yeah, I can yeah, think yeah. of. <laughs> Which Tambor is a really funny pool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, not a lot of people doing stuff yeah. with the harp, and especially for like this level. But Florence and the Machine features uh, harp on oh, yeah. almost everything that she does. Yeah. It, like Dog Days and Kiss with a Fist are the only two songs that I can think of off the top of my head that don't prominently have a harp part mm. but so i brought uh this is cosmic love off her first album lungs thing about that i feel like is i don't know if the majority of people would necessarily think i mean maybe i, I i'm just me so i can't <laughs> assume what people think or not but think specifically that it's a harp besides know, the fact kind of what i'm saying yeah, yeah. besides mm -hmm. the fact that it's doing very kind of typical harp arpeggios mm -hmm. um so and those you know are kind of what you're used to with the harp, like yeah. Yeah. And every now and then, on like certain songs, you'll get those big glissandos that it's like right. only an, a harp can do this like huge thing. Uh -huh. but, uh, yeah, no, I, that's kind of specifically why I wanted to mention it because I don't feel like a lot of people talk about the fact that she has harp in everything. Yeah. She tours with a guy playing harp. Because <laughs> it also could be, I mean, could just as easily almost be, uh, just you know, a keyboard it, just a, a keyboard patch, playing yeah. like a you know a sine wave kind of mm -hmm. patch with very low decay or whatever. So just yeah boop, 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 or mm -hmm. high just really quick. poppy yeah. yeah quick decay <laughs> yeah exactly i mean almost doing like i don't know something that like owl city would do or mm -hmm. something yeah. but i mean it obviously i think that kind of goes back to player. what i was saying earlier about how like with the introduction of a synthesizer mm -hmm. it's almost like you know we could be fooled by mm -hmm. some some sounds that we hear totally. like oh there's a there's a harpsichord here, yeah, but it's mm -hmm. not really a harpsichord. Well, and I mean, I sometimes it makes people lazy because, I mean, like, right. when people are sitting in there in the studio and they're like, man, we really want this sound. Oh, well, Joe's a really good, uh, like, pianist, so like, yeah. we mm -hmm. can just get him to, on this keyboard and he can just, like, play something. And, and it'll get up the something. sound we want, but mm -hmm. we don't have to pay another person to come do it. Or we don't have to learn how to play yeah. that instrument. And then also, it's not, I mean, and it's not only just that nobody else is getting to play it or whatever. It's sometimes also that they wouldn't play it even remotely close to how that person, you know, Wants how a string sound. player yeah. would play whatever that instrument is. So it's my mom and I would listen to, I remember us listening to Evanescence at one point, <laughs> like eighth grade or whatever. And we were just listening to it going like, is that a real cello or is that a, mi a like a good MIDI synth? And mm. we listened to it for a while like good MIDI synth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just things about it. Like it's actually, uh, my friend Wyatt had an internship with a guy who, did uh at a studio that was really interesting where uh he would record stuff for like the kids lion king um production cd yeah. or whatever among lots of other things mm -hmm. and on that why it was shown or was telling me about how he would do midi stuff and specifically strings and all that he had a midi flute that he would like write in all the string parts that he mm -hmm. wanted and he was like fairly 
well-known, renowned for this in whatever circles that he ran in or whatever, of doing like good string arrangements in MIDI that weren't, you know, mm. that sounded realistic yeah. because he would actually, um, so he'd have the parts in there already. So all the notes were in there and it was, you know, being synthesized to sound like strings, but for doing the dynamics and getting it to be louder and softer and stuff, um, he would use the MIDI flute just to record in the, like the velocity yeah, and dynamics yeah, yeah. of those string parts. So he'd blow into it harder or softer, yeah, yeah. which was, I was like, man, that's such an interesting way to do that. I never would have yeah. thought to use, you know, that part of a MIDI flute where you're not actually recording in the note at all. You're just mm-hmm. recording in the velocity and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely does make it kind of lazy or whatever. Uh, for my last one, it's going to be another uh, instrument that we've heard a little bit of today, uh, and it's a it's a Co- Copeland song again because I <laughs> love me some Copeland. Um, so I did say they use you know kind of various instruments in a similar way to how Bon Iver uses stringed instruments and horns and stuff, where it's not really a big horn section yeah. or an orchestra, but it's more um, it's like a you know a small kind of. What's the word? It's like a small part. Yeah, small there's a there's a, a word feature. that I'm thinking like in a, a like a combo group or whatever no, that kind yeah, of a yeah, thing, yeah. you know. Um, but not really jazzy at the same yeah. time. So, but this one song is not that where there's not like a whole bunch of instruments that are kind of interspersing stuff. It's a very kind of low key, um, just acoustic guitar and kind of some other things, uh, and pretty ambient song at the same time and singing. And then there's a there's a solo of an instrument that comes in a little bit of the way through, and it does a great job of just adding to the song in a really warm and rich way. Hmm. And so we'll just hear a little bit of that. It's back on you. That's nice. that. It's just some tasty saxophone. It yeah. is. And it makes me feel like sitting by the fire with a warm oh. cup of coffee on <laughs> this a is, snowy we talk- night. Oh, man. We were talking about songs that like are soundtracky a little bit uh, mm. last week or some other times. I think it was last week. Yeah. Mm. And this is one that's perfect for like just putting in earbuds, cranking it all the way up because the song is fairly soft, but also, I don't know. It, so it's, and it just feels like you're in some emotional scene of a movie or whatever. <laughs> but, um, it's it's really really good and so and that sax part the first time I heard it I just got chill bumps I was like oh yeah. man that's because especially within the context of the song it you know uh, it sets up the vibe really well and then that's surprising that's actually the song uh, so in that song they've there's a twin <laughs> album for this one yeah and there's uh, essentially the way it works is there's most of the like main parts that are in the regular album and then they have some extra. Um, vocal parts and sometimes drums or other stuff that'll be in a separate album that is supposed to be played at the exact same time and ideally the regular record is played in stereo uh, in front of you and then you put another set of stereo speakers behind you and you play Mm -hmm. the twin album both at the same time and in this one the saxophone part is panned I think all the way left pretty much for that whole solo but in the twin album it's panned all the way right so when you're listening to it Mm. it's actually 
Um, or no, it's still panned left. You're right. It you. would still yeah. be panned left. I just realized that because yeah. I never did it. Uh, or maybe it is panned right in it because, and when I listened to it, it was flipped. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, I'd, either way. I'd have to actually listen to it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's really neat and it's yeah. cool and cool. I like it. But yeah, that's about it. Any, any last thoughts on odd instruments or whatever? That's about it for me. We summed nope. it up. That's Things it. That's all done. the songs that's, that there are. That's that all the songs with yeah. weird instruments that exist Everything in the else world. is entirely normal. Yeah. <laughs> if you think otherwise, uh, wow, cool, neat. Good for mm. you. <laughs> Way to go. Um, that, that's all we got for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please, you know, subscribe. Uh, definitely subscribe. That would be fantastic. So you can keep Helpful. listening to the podcast. Helpful. <laughs> More for you than actually subscribing doesn't change our numbers anywhere at all. It just gets you to be able to listen to it more often if you want to. Uh, it so let's the big corporate fat cat see us. And yeah. that's what we want. We're trying to sell out here. Yeah, we like cat to see us. <laughs> uh-huh. That's all I want. Meow. The, the SWAT cats. SWAT cats. <laughs> Radical squadron. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, how good was that show, right? <laughs> the one that I only heard about right before this episode yeah, started when you told me about I it. alone know of. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Thundercats. Whoa. Uh, yes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And uh, yeah, please give us a review if you can. Tell all your friends. We'll be back next week with another episode talking about something really, really great. Uh, and we'll oh. let you know what that is when the time is right. Woo. I know what it is. Do you know what it is? <gasps> Wow, what is it? Should I say it? Now? You should. Well, sure. yeah. <laughs> let's do seasonal. Oh, okay. Let's do seasonal music. Ooh, seasonal. In fact, let's do this. Let's let's plant this idea right oh, now. Man. Yep. Each of us picks four songs. Okay. One song from each season. Mm. Wow. Love it. You want to do that? Let's do I that. love it more than you've ever loved anything in your life. Wow. Right. Yeah. He has a wife, man. Yeah, you've just got a low threshold for everything. Mm-hmm. I a huge threshold of love. Wow. Yep. Wow. I love wow. lots of things more than that idea, though, but wow. that happens to be more than anything you've ever loved. Oh, anything okay. um, yeah, thank you so much, everybody. We will talk about <laughs> seasonal music next week. If you have any submissions, you should email them to us or tweet them at us or whatever uh, at Joyous Eclectic or Joyous Eclectic at gmail.com. And, you know, we'd love to talk to you and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, that's about all she Also, wrote. I was on the latest episode of Two Bros Driving. Go listen oh. to that podcast, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Link in the show Did notes. Yep. Link in the show notes. Link in the show notes. <laughs> and That's uh, a weird update last name, your, Lincoln. <laughs> update your CVs regularly. Uh, <laughs> you never know who's who's watching. Did you say your CVs? Yeah. Like your resume? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's watching, like, it in LinkedIn or something? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't use uh, LinkedIn, no. so it would just be updating it and putting it on my computer so the NSA, I guess, can find it. You just never know. know where the next opportunity is coming from. You never from. know who's watching. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's They're always watching. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>